cliffcentral.com. We've got uh, Dr. Hanan in a second or two, and we, we try to solve actual problems that people are really going through. People, people have uh, all kinds of, of issues that they're trying to deal with. All of us have issues. Uh, you know, Leanne Nabang and I have often talked about our issues that we have, and we've got Dr. Hanan here who's he's our living shrink, and he comes in once a week, and he is able to help us uh, with all of the stuff that we are we're trying to make it through. And sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's really, really difficult. But this morning is uh, another excuse for us to get Dr. Hanan on. It's called It's Going to Be Okay. And here he is, Dr. Hanan Bushkin. How are you, sir? Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Good, good, good. We I, Listen, we were thinking uh, this morning about all kinds of creative ways of finding out whether people are guilty and how you can identify a scammer and all of this stuff. But it's not uh, it's not our day to bring our problems to you. Because also, if you started with any of, of us, with me, LeBang, or Leanne, you'd be busy for weeks and you'd, you wouldn't <laughs> it'd be a horrible situation. So, Doc, I'm going to bring on Willem, who actually sent us an email. Let me just quickly read a bit from, from this before I bring Willem on. He said, I'm sometimes plagued by fears or feelings of dread about things in my life, mostly things that have little or no chance of actually happening. Socially, these negative thoughts can also hinder me, making me extremely self-aware at a party or a gathering, and it leads to me drinking too much. The really irritating part is that these thoughts are like a switch, and when it's turned off, which is most of the time, I'm a very positive, fun, happy, witty, confident person. But when I go into this paranoia, I'm just paraphrasing him here, all of that disappears. I don't think it's a self-confidence thing because I do like who I am and I like working on myself. But these negative thoughts really hold me back in life. Is there a practical way to, to counter these thoughts? And I don't think Willem is alone. This is probably true for a lot of people. These negative thoughts that creep Absolutely. into our minds. You know, the, yeah. the feelings of dread about stuff that it just isn't even likely to happen. So I'm going to bring Willem on and maybe he can give us some context for this too. Hey, Willem, how are you? Hello, Gareth. How are you doing, dude? Good, well, thank you, and you. Excellent, excellent. I thought you, I th- you you wrote it all you wrote it all down beautifully. But is there anything you want to add before we we get Dr. Hanan to kind of address this uh, this situation? Um, I just want to hear is my sound all right and yes. everything. Yeah, it sounds fine. You see, I solved that problem already. One problem down. Okay, okay. Yeah, thank you. Uh, now I'm a big fan of the show. Good. Well, it's nice um, to have I just you want to say. Tell, All right. Well, no, it's just tell Dr. Hanan what the problem is here, because I mean, the, the, your email pretty much laid it out. But is there anything you want to put on top of that? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just this irrational fears and and self doubts, and uh, there's three um, big parts of my life where it actually plays in quite uh, quite big, and uh, it's so I've got a, a pretty serious hobby in in my golf game. And then social life and and in the workplace where, so in my golf game sometimes, uh, especially in the big tournaments, I can I can really get nervous and like two three nights before before the actual game I, it can start, like and I would lose sleep and and then just play badly because of it, and uh, yeah social life also like. I would be in a situation and just suddenly get this weird feeling that, you know, to people, maybe they don't like me or somebody don't like me at the party. And it's just, just a weird feeling. And it just takes over. It's not a, it's not a small feeling, you know, it's a, it's this pressure on my chest and my brain just, 
I just lose all concentration of of what I want to do or whatever. And uh, yeah, well, Dr. Uh, Tanan, okay. This, this is probably something a lot of people have uh, have feelings about. And there's a, there's a real physical reaction to this, right? It's not just in the head. No, I mean, there's a, it's completely psychosomatic, uh, and the mind body, mind body connection is real here. So our emotions certainly affect our physiological state. Um, but a couple of things. So this whole notion of self-doubt, or I don't know if you've heard of this uh, imposter syndrome, Imposter syndrome is uh, the moment when we have thoughts of self-doubt, we feel that we don't belong, that we're not as good as we're going to be caught out any moment, we feel like imposters. I want to tell everybody that everybody has it at some point. Whenever you step out of the comfort out of your comfort zone, whenever you are in a position or a context where there's risk, there's risk to your reputation, there's risk to your image, there's risk to your physical well-being, there's risk to your emotional, intellectual well-being. Your brain has got one role and one role only, and your subconscious mind is there to help you survive. So how does it ensure that you don't do something so risky, like step out of your comfort zone? Well, the only way to do it is to create enough self-doubt so that you don't do it, so that you stay within your comfort zone. So your brain is constantly the whole day just monitoring whether you're in your comfort zone or whether you're out of your comfort zone. And when you're about to do something as silly as stepping out of your comfort zone, your brain has to act and it has to create enough self-doubt, enough imposter syndrome, so to speak, in order for you to get back in your comfort zone. So this, if somebody says to you, or, you know, you, you have imposter syndrome, well, the answer is, well, so does everybody else. As a matter of fact, if you don't have imposter syndrome, that means you're in your comfort zone and then you're just going to get depressed. So the option is stay within your comfort zone, get depressed or step out of the comfort zone, have imposter syndrome and learn how to deal with it. So the question is, how do we deal with these negative thoughts, these irrational thoughts, uh, these unreasonable thoughts. So I've got really good news for you. You really can manage it. You can't stop the imposter syndrome, but you can redirect your thoughts. So what I mean by that, I've spoken about this on the show many times, uh, and I've said that your brain is the most sophisticated supercomputer on planet Earth. It can work out really, really deep calculations relatively quickly. But what it can't do, and at the same time, uh, simultaneously, it can't work out two simple tasks. Willem, you cannot spell your name backwards and multiply 7 by 2.3 at the same time. You just cannot do it. Your brain will not allow you to do two simple tasks at the same time. And whilst your brain is the most intelligent thing on Earth, it's actually very silly and very simplistic on the other hand. And we can actually use that to our advantage. Because your brain cannot do two things at the same time, two simple things at the same time, only focus on one, you can direct your brain to focus on things that you can control as opposed to focus on things that you cannot control. So I've used this term before. I call this the law of focused intent. And what I mean by that is, Again, I've used this analogy. Willem, if I say to you, if you drive to my office and as you arrive, I ask you, how many red cars did you see on the road? And you would say, well, I can't think of any. Well, 
second option, well, I'll say to you, listen, on the way here, please be aware of all the red cars on the road. How many you'd see then? Well, on the way here, you'd probably pick 30. It's not like you attracted 30. 30 were always there. But the fact that you were looking for it, you were intentional about it, your brain focused on that and picked it up. What you're aware of and what you're intentional about comes up into consciousness. Now, so you arrive and you say, I've seen 30. And then I say, well, how many blue, did you, how many blue cars did you see? Well, you will go, well, oh, I wasn't looking for it. Your brain can only focus on one thing at a time. So let's even take your golf example. You're an avid golfer. If you are about to hit a shot or I don't know, make a putt or whatever it is that you're doing that creates anxiety, you can either focus on, well, what happens if I miss? And your brain will naturally, I mean, there's incredible amount of risk to your reputation. I don't know where there's money involved or maybe a certain um, social element to it. Or you can focus on the next step forward. That's why I'm always such a big fan of having frameworks. Probably the most common word that I use in my practice is framework or blueprint. Because the moment you have a game plan, a framework, a blueprint, the next step, now you can focus on what you have to do next, as opposed to focus on what you have to lose or what you have to risk. Now, it is a skill that you got to learn. It's like riding a bicycle. So the first time you get on, you're like, oh, I can't do this. The second time, I can't do this. But as you practice more and more, you'll be able to figure it out, and it will become like called second nature muscle memory. But the rule is, the more you focus on what you cannot control, the more that becomes your world. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you now. We, we I, can, so. I can. No, you're not. I can. Carry on. Carry on. I received I received a call now. You know, true caller. We were talking. We were talking about scammers this morning. This this caller came, Doctor Nkube, extra length. That's how, that's the title of the caller. <laughs> I think I think that's a, that's a scammer. Right. So the more you focus, the more you focus on what you cannot control, the more that becomes your world worldview. The more you focus on yeah. what you can control, that becomes your entire world, like the red car story. So create number yeah. one, create a framework, create a blueprint. So I would ask you as a golfer, and I would ask you yeah. also in the area where you are, where you're socially anxious, what is your blueprint? What is your framework? What is your rule set? What is your next step? And if you don't have one, well, then you'll have nothing to focus on. But if you have one, I want you to focus on the next step. You know, when I deal with professional cricketers and I actually deal with professional golfers and athletes, the first thing we do, and we spend even weeks, sometimes even months on this, is a very specific, realistic behavioral framework, a rule set. And the distance between where they are to the next step is tiny. So when they get anxious, and by the way, athletes get anxious, professionals get anxious. As they get anxious and their body starts to well with emotion, all we do is focus on the next step because that's what they can control. The moment their head veers into what they can't control and the risk and what they might lose, the more we make them focus on the next step. So number one, what is your framework? What is your blueprint? What is your rule set? What is your schedule? What's your next step? And two, that's what you've got to focus on because that is what you can control. And your brain will make, will make that the whole world or will make that your whole being or your whole existence because it's focusing on the red cars and it can't focus on anything else. Makes sense, right, Willem? Yeah. 
Make no, sense? Um, yes, it does. Yeah, it, it's just that it's exactly that feeling of, or I mean, it's so close. It's such a small margin between being calm and totally in control and being totally over anxious. So it's yeah. But I want to just, tell you something. This is very important, Willem. Being calm doesn't mean that your body's not reacting. Your body can react like a roller coaster, but you can still remain calm. Think of top athletes when they're about to perform, whether it's on the pitch or on the golf course or at a race. If you had to measure their bodies, in other words, if you had to to attach a thousand sensors onto their bodies and see what's going on, their bodies are going through incredible roller coaster, an incredible roller coaster. Their heart rate, blood pressure, cortisol, Mm. adrenaline, their bodies are really flying to an nth degree, at scale, like completely out of control in their bodies. But where are their heads? The mind mind is in control. control, Your body can react, but your mind can remain in control as long as you focus on what you can control. The moment your mind goes into what you cannot control, then you're done. I guess it's something you have to practice, like you say. Because um, it's not easy. It, it pops in. It, it like just appears in my head, and uh, then then it normally I can't no, stop it. No, for sure. But, no, but, it, it, it eats you alive. There's no question. But again, I will go back to figuring out what is your framework. What's your next step? And by the yeah. way, do you have to create a framework for every area of your life? Well, well, in theory, yes, but in reality, it's not realistic. So you would just create these frameworks, these blueprints for areas of your life that you that are not working for you. So if you go, well, my marriage is working, well, that's great. Don't create a framework for that. But if, for example, your golf game isn't, or your social life isn't, or your relationship with your kids isn't, or maybe your diet isn't, you have to create a closely linked framework so you can focus on the next step i'm mm-hmm. telling you the reason why people are not disciplined they don't they let their mind wonder is i asked them the first question what's your framework what's your blueprint and i'm telling you 999 th- times out of a thousand people have got no idea what the rule or what the rule book is or what the framework or what the blueprint is is a is a blueprint or a framework like a plan for the day yes. or a plan? Your next step your next step the, your next, next step. What is your next step? What are you going to do next? So when you're about to hit okay. the golf club, what, what what are you focusing on next? And if you don't, yes. you're on somebody that will help you. All right, Valen, yes. we, we got to wrap this up, but thank you very much for sending us an email. And uh, I think that just judging by the comments that people are sending now, they're all um, very much in agreement with uh, Dr. Hanan's advice. Well, it's nice that you agree with him, but he's the professional. So uh, if you don't agree with him, n- nobody cares. That's a problem, yeah. <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> Let's go out. All right, Willem, thanks very much. Uh, Dr. Hanan, we'll see you next week. Cool. Looking forward to it. Have a lucky weekend, guys. Or a lucky week. Cheers, Doug. Bye-bye, guys. Bye. Dr. Hanan Bushkin, and you can send us an email, contact at cliffcentral.com, if you have some, you know, something you're unpacking, something you're dealing with. Cliffcentral.com.